بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome once again to the fiqh segment We will continue where we had left off and that is with salah We had concluded with the masah on khufain That is the masah on uh, the leather socks etc And all the conditions and uh, rules pertaining to that now we move over that that in fact concluded the whole section on taharat and that is cleanliness so that incorporated everything from the different type of types of impurities we went through the um, masail with regard to wudu as well as ghusl and uh, water the different types of water that can be used we went through tayammum as well and we discussed finally Masa' on Khufayn. Now we will begin with uh, some of the conditions and rules of Namaz. And uh, just bear in mind that the Masa' that we are discussing is primarily according to the Sunnah of the Hanafi, according to the Ahnaf, the Madhab or the way of the Hanafis, uh, as predominantly here, especially in uh, Khauteng, and in the Durban areas, etc., except for the Cape, we find that Hanafis are predominantly um, practicing on this madhab. So we will do all of these masail, even with what we had discussed previously uh, with Taharat, and that most of that, and if not all of that, is according to the Sunnah uh, and according to the madhab of the Hanafi, and likewise here with the Namaz as well, it will be discussed with that in mind. So the first aspect of salah, firstly to understand that namaz is a special type of prayer and has been taught by Allah and the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We know that Rasul Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was taken to the seven heavens during the night and the journey of Mi'raj when he was taken from Makkah Mukarramah to Baytul Maqdas and from there to the seven heavens where he met Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was given the gift of salah. And salah is the ascension of a believer, the mi'raj of a believer. If a person wishes to connect himself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the quickest way to do this is through salah and through the, the reading of the Quran al-Kareem as well. When we look at salah, we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put namaz and put salah for every type of issue of ours. If a person has to analyze, he will find that in any situation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put the solution and the cure for any issue and the ease of any issue in salah. Meaning that this is the way to grab Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmat and mercy. If we look at salatul hajat, that when a person has a need, then a person reads two rakats, Salatul Hajat, Salah of Need, and he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person wishes to get married or they undertake any other important decision, then we read the Salatul Istikhara. So two rakats of Istikhara followed by a dua that we make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us towards that which is best for us. If a person is is, is w- w- in wanting to repent for any sin, then we have Salatul Tawbah. 
Salatul Tawbah is a salat that a person reads when, for example, he has committed some gunah and now he is feeling guilty and he wishes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive that gunah and look upon him with mercy once again, then he reads Salatul Tawbah. If we look at the time of the lunar and solar eclipses, there's salahs for that as well, Salatul Kusuf, Salatul Khusuf. Then if we look at the dua for rain and the salah for rain, we have salatul istisqa, which we read at the time of drought, when we are in dire need of water and rain. And there are many other salahs as well, different types of nafil salahs. Among the nawafil salah, the most potent, if we can put it that way, and a salah which Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never must was salatul tahajjud. Because it is said that a person who reads Salatul Tahajjud, his face will shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. Nevertheless, just highlighting these facts because ultimately it is the Salah which is the key to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's treasures. It is this very Salah that can be a point for us where we can have all our mushkilat um, and all our difficulties sorted by means of the salah gain nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so why we discuss taharat because wudu is the key to salah so cleanliness and taharat is the key to salah and salah in turn is the key to jannah so we will discuss different aspects of salah salah is a very in-depth chapter that we will have to discuss there are many many different aspects of salah and we will begin by mentioning the conditions and the rules of salah before moving on to the methods and the different faraiz and mustahabbat, makruhat, etc. of salah. So there are eight conditions that are to be observed before one performs salah. Without them, namaz cannot be performed. What are these eight, eight conditions? To make wudu if necessary. We know that a person who is not in a state of wudu cannot read salah. Similarly, a person cannot touch the Qur'an without wudu. Now, to perform wudu if necessary. Secondly, to perform ghusl if necessary. Both of these uh, require that a person be in a state of taharat and cleanliness when he wants to undertake salah. So if a person is in need of ghusl, he needs to make ghusl before reading salah. If a person needs to make wudu, then he should make his wudu. Cleanliness of the entire body and all clothing, meaning that there should not be any najasat of any type on the body or the clothing. This is now not pertaining to wudu and ghusl, but other types of najasat like blood, pus, urine, etc., etc. There shouldn't be any type of najasat on the entire body and all clothing should be pak. Cleanliness of the place where one intends performing salah. Obviously where we are reading salah, it that it should be a place where there is tahara, where tahara is found, where there is cleanliness. There shouldn't be any type of najasat, any type of dirt where we are reading our salah. That is why generally when we're reading our salah we lay down a musalla and that is just for extra, there's nothing wrong with reading on the ground, on grass, there's nothing wrong with reading on tiles, there's nothing wrong uh, as long as there is no visible najasa and uh, uh, impurity there, there will be no problem even in reading the salah. However, just for that extra caution, we keep a special rug 
for the performance of salah, which is called a musallah. Now in the masjid as well, we have musallahs. At home, we have our musallahs. So the ladies especially, they read. So they place their musallah and they read on top of this. So this condition will be met. The condition of salah is that we face towards the qibla as well. When a person is reading salah, he should face the qibla. What happens when a person does not know where the qibla is, then he should now use his faculties and he should see now where the sun is rising, where the sun is setting, find out from somebody in the area if possible that look we are here, we are reading salah, we are not sure of the qibla, we are not from around here etc. We can ask somebody and then if we are on the road for example then we should try nowadays it's so easy also alhamdulillah we find it with our phones the smartphones come with compasses watches come with compasses etc so by using these tools and trying to ascertain it is what we refer to in uh, terminology as taharri that where a person now uses his discretion and he uh, works out as far as possible given the tools that he has at his disposal which way is in fact the Qibla. Now once a person uses some sort of tool and he uses his discretion based on the tools that he has, then if he makes Salah and it turns out that the Qibla was not the actual Qibla, his Salah will be accepted. But if a person has to just lay down the Musallah and say, okay, I'm, I don't know where, which way is the Qibla now, I'm just going to read in any direction, then this way uh, will, they will not, the Salah will not be accepted because the person has not made Taharri, he has not made an effort to determine the, the Qibla direction. Therefore, his Salah will not be accepted. However, if a person makes an effort towards determining that and then it turns out to be incorrect, then the Salah will be accepted purely because he made this Taharri and he made this effort in, in, in ascertaining the Qibla. Together with this, the next uh, condition is that a person should cover their Satar and they should cover their private parts. So when we say the Satar, now for men and women the satr is different. The covering of the private parts is not just um, the actual private part itself. However, when we, when we talk of satr in the conditions of salah, we are referring to the, the covering of that part of the body which is necessary with regard to sharia. Now for a man, according to the ahnaf, the satr and the area of the body which must be covered at all times is from above the navel to below the knee. From above the navel to below the knee, if a, if a man's body or that much of a man's body is covered above the navel to below the knee, that he will be considered to have his satr covered and it will not be a problem with regard to him reading his salah. Now obviously it is makru for a person to read with his arms open and his chest open and his head open, all of those things. But purely from a technical point of view, if we have to say that if a person has nothing else to cover his body and only has um, a, a trouser that will cover over his navel to below his knee, then his salah will be correct. However, it will be makru because the rest of his body should be covered. Um... With regard to the satr for a woman, it is her entire body except for her face, her, um, her hands, not her arms, her hands. That means from her wrists, uh, from her hands up to the wrists and her feet may be open. This is the satr of a, of a woman. That means a woman's entire body should be covered. And that is not only in salah, that is at any given time, a woman's body 
the bare minimum for her when going out of the house, uh, in the house obviously in front of the husband etc. The hair may be open. Obviously we must dress in a modest fashion in front of our children etc. But out of the house if a person has to leave now where she knows that she will be maybe coming into contact with other women, will come into contact with, with men etc. Then um, obviously this must be covered in a sense where the sitter is covered and then in that way the uh, the namaz will be complete. Niyat for namaz is necessary as well. That is also a condition. And the final condition is performing salah at the prescribed times. Obviously, Fajr cannot be read in the time of Asr. Zohar cannot be read in the time of Isha. These will be considered to be Qadha. For in order for his salah to be completed in the correct fashion, then the, perform, the salah must be performed at the prescribed times. Inshallah, we'll continue with this. And... Um, the other masail of salah in the coming weeks may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh